สาสมนบรามมณิงปัจจัมสันเทวมนุสสันญาณมวิญญาติกัตตวาภเวทิสิโยดัมมังเดเสสิอาติกัลยาณัมเจงัลยาณัมปะริโยสานังัลยาณั
So using this uh, ritual form as an indication of like changing, changing the ground, changing the rules, changing the scenario of our lives, <coughs> changing some of the way, indication that changing the way we operate. Uh, the operation here suggesting this. Uh, inclination towards devotion rather than accomplishment or achievement but devotion which is the voluntary quality voluntary opening of the heart uh, in the present moment so rather than something that we're building up for the future we'll get the results in the future it's just that movement towards opening the heart and of course this does have results in the in the future as things unfold as things change but you're just uh, placing the attention on the heart and into the present how does it open how does it uh, instead of running the uh, conditioned programs work, having something, building something up, getting the result, how long will it take, how do I do it, so it's just pause around all that, maybe that has some use but um, just check it out, could we be coming from a different place experimenting <coughs> and how much is uh, how richer one's experience can be from the heart without anything else shifting when we come into the quality of empathy of uh, giving of openness
So really uh, using this particular form such as this to carry that through in the bodily sense so it is a very full and complete act of giving devotion yeah. to the body, the voice, the breath, even the, what for that few moments what we're articulating are not our own ideas. They're not new, they're not original, it's the same thing. It's <laughs> using the thinking mind to articulate Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, and even a language that isn't our own. It's really giving over that faculty to forming words, forming concepts, forming themes. <coughs> and even forming them in a musical way, where tonality becomes important. Not just what you say, but how it is enunciated, and how that too is offered. We bring it out, our voice, as it blends and meets and merges with the voices of others. And voice is one of those uh, very special uh, experiences where the internal, you know, our thoughts, you know, things that seem to be very much within ourselves, becomes external. So, enters the public domain, is shared, is given. Voice is probably one of the most specific individual facets we have. Our features change, hair grays, the body gets thicker or thinner, body changes, but the voice remains pretty much recognizable. You, you pick up the phone and you know who that is. And it goes straight to particular parts of the, of the brain that generate empathy. You hear the voice and something resonates. Oh, it's, and the particular perception comes up with that. Voice sound. A voice carries uh, some of the emotional tonalities that we're experiencing. Shaky or happy, eager, impatient. The voice carries that, the tonalities of that. And now what we're doing with this chanting is deliberately fashioning that voice into Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, uh, homage, mm. purity, knowing, and so on. It's using it for this expressions. It's even taking a word like Buddha, thinking it through. Buddha or Buddho, for many uh, um, of the, of the, the forest teachers becomes a meditation object just to say the word Buddha. The sound of it and the resonances it carries awakened, released, free, wise, knowing, and intoning it. Both because repeating a word has this uh, stabilizing effect and the tonalities of the word, what it resonates with, what it brings up. 
and we're coming back to that rather than thinking of <coughs> reciting the words that go through our heads when you read the newspapers which doesn't have a particularly uh, enlightening effect generally it's, it's sort of steeped in indignation, gossip or worry, anxiety So certainly if, when I read a newspaper there's generally three messages anxiety uh, irritation and greed <laughs> uh, three general times something to you know oh my goodness something else is going wrong in the world and then somebody you feel shake your fist at and there's all sorts of goodies you could get <coughs> and I wonder the effect of that as it's uh, become so warm to war, the way we, where we, where we're formed, how much of that's come from the exterior, forming us. Buy this, get this, you'll be secure. There's bad people out there. There's things to worry about. Yeah, there's bad people out there, but. You ever see a you know, newspaper with Buddha is awake or written on the headlines <laughs> Awakening is now <laughs> It probably wouldn't work just as a, in, in a black and white but just hearing it toning it to oneself Awakening is now Buddha is now It's here direct and the musicality of it. So quite a lot is expressed just in sheer musicality, getting the voice to come out, toning, and then hearing it, meeting the voices of others. Once we sense the presence of others also in that giving, opening, aspiring, bringing forth something, whether it's kind of croaky, rasping, flat, whatever, that actually adds to it because you're not doing opera uh, everyone else's particular sounds and voices coming out oh, yeah, this is where we are the human field with its uh, blemishes and flaws and you know whatever those are and we're all just letting it be that way and putting it out there and sharing it in the sense of the how giving this is giving this generates a field a field, a shared sense it's, a, it's a, uh, something that builds up over a retreat a sense of this shared sense just sharing time with others devotion devotion also means you choose, you vote so when you vote you just throw your piece in the pot, don't you? Stick your ticket in the in the box. You know, this is what I'm, this is my bit. That's what I'm throwing into the into the heap, and you know, along with everyone else. And it comes voluntary. Voluntary is to do with the heart. No obligation. No should do. No, I'll be blamed if I don't do it. Uh, got to fit in supposed to believe in something, just, yeah, okay, so do this, right, throw, throw my 
my two cents in and see what happens. Mm. These are really this training oneself in this sort of gesture of the heart far more significant than just doing a little bit of strange Buddhist chanting in the morning. It sets up a particular attitude. Bring forth. Bring forth what your intimate bit, however dog-eared it may seem. Let's bring it forth. It's, uh, It's not the thing, it's the bringing forth that is a special quality, that is the transcendent quality. Mm. Bringing it forth. Bring it forth through your body, bring it forth through your heart, bring it forth in your actions, just bring it forth. It doesn't have to be that good. The shift from the uh, discriminating mind that sees objects in, and uh, conditions and our personal realm and feels nervous about it, ashamed of it, uh, trying to tidy it up. <coughs> to the quality of bringing it forth. When you bring it forth, it's like suddenly it seems has its own beauty to it. Yeah. You see the way children draw before they learn about right and wrong, before they learn about making things look good, or just a sun with spikes sticking out of it, and a band of blue, and and, uh, trees that look like earbuds. And that was their bit. They were happy doing it, you know. And then you start to learn about uh, accurate representation. Just what it takes to take a piece of paper and dare to to dump, <laughs> dare to put your imagination onto it. Yeah. Yeah. To do that, and feel free to do that. You take your piece of paper and you put your thing onto it. Yeah. It is what it is. What does it feel like to try to live like that? That your entire life is a sketch, winging it day to day. What does it feel like? What would it feel like? I guess for most of us, that gets sort of squashed, doesn't it? Uh, you have the plans, the strategies, the organisation, yeah, all the quotas. Uh, yeah, get it machined and tooled and so on. How crushing that is. <coughs> when we're conforming to flat standards, standards that haven't come from imagination or a deep interior, but standards that have come from an exterior. And that's the... Um, the drawback uh, of society is when the, the morality, the ethics, the behaviours all come from an external source, you do this and, uh, 
uh, whether it's livelihood, you do this. It's not livelihood. It's not about being alive. The work ethic. And it comes to be that the assumption comes if you're not if you're not doing that, then you're just lazing around doing nothing, useless, uh, formless chaos. But there's another kind of form of forming that comes associated with uh, generosity, uh, sincerity, uh, care, attentiveness. connection, feeling it fully in your body, your mind, your heart, being with that. This is how we meditate. Meditation is this. It's a truly voluntary moment of time imaginative process in which it gets scruffy and it gets erratic and you get sleepy, and uh, so on, and so on, and so on. But eventually, you're gradually learning through that process to be fearless, and to be non-judgmental, and to just, you know, just bring it forth, and let it, let it sort itself out, let it establish itself. Let it find its own forms. Let it strengthen itself. It's like a child, you know, let it learn to walk, let it fall over, let it learn to walk, let it make a mess, let it see what that's about and adjust itself. Is it possible the heart could do this? Are we that dumb? So in this way we begin to just play with the idea of what buddho means as an innate intelligence, seeking to wake up, seeking to manifest, seeking to be born into the world, the Tathagata, the other, actually the dominant, in the suttas, the dominant word for the Buddha, the Tathagata, the thus come one, the thus gone, thus come one, mm. come into being just thus. <laughs> Just thus. And what does thus mean, you know? It means here it is. It's thus. And is that a good thus or a bad thus? No, it's a thus thus. (laughs) It doesn't operate in those terms. It's a gesture of A1. Here it is. we can assume, well, this means whatever is going on, whatever mess you're in, that's fine. No, it's, it's not fine, but it's the way it is. And as you bring it forth, as you bring forth your, your attitudes, your energies, just the very quality of bringing it forth begins by itself to purify. It takes away the anxiety, the falteringness, the carelessness by itself, because it's a gentle, careful bringing forth. What are we bringing forth? Bringing forth our breathing, bringing forth our attention, bringing forth our 
goodness. Into the what's happening now, breathing through it. We're not trying to, you know, even the subtler ways in which we imagine, well, I'll sort of work with my stuff, and I'm working through my grumpiness or whatever. No. No, don't work through it. Just, just be grumpy. Let the grumping grump. And uh, how's that? Let the sourness be sour. Give it some space. And as you give it some space, how does it feel in your body? Is there something your body wants to do with that? You come into the interior of your body bodily sense. What does the body want to say about that? Because in this process it's it's holistic. It's body, heart, as well as thought. The thought plays a minimal role just to be able to define, to name, to note. What does my body want to do with grumpiness, irritability, sourness? You know that, you just open a little just feel like that feels a good thing to do it's like, like yawning is that you don't do it you give that suggestion to your body it's play between the body and the heart This is the essential (coughs) quality of chanda, which means interest or motivation, and it can carry different nuances. But the uh, the, one of the key themes of of practice is how to translate tanha, which is craving, which is a kind of instinctive pathology, to fill up something. Fill yourself with something, to push something away. It's a kind of reflex. How do we translate that into chanda, which is desire as the interest, the motivation to be keen, to really sense the present? Chanda. Chanda means also to vote. It's uh, used in the uh, monastic discipline that's giving your vote you give your chanda and so I say yes you say yes yes so it's that quality I say yes to this I say yes to the body that's the, the gift the giving Just uh, 
this kind of uh, thing with waking up in the morning. You know, first thing, time to get up, wake up, alarm goes, or whatever it is, wake up, and I say, oh, no, I don't want to be here. It's just, just another ten minutes or so, let's get up. Oh, no, I don't want to do all that stuff. You know, the mind really gives a, I think it's about two seconds or so, two or three seconds, the mind comes up with a snapshot, a felt snapshot, day, duties, things to do, struggling through another thing. You know? It was like immediately the, the weight descends. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's, it's just nice to go back into that kind of soupy, irresponsible state. You know, things are okay, nothing's really asked of you, you don't have to be anything. And literally the thing is, come on, get it together, get up. Got to get up, go to whatever you have to go to. And after a while you just get tired of that, that voice. Tugging you, driving you. So you say, well, just take an interest. So I thought, well, just take an interest in what it feels like to be at this liminal threshold how it feels, how it feels that moment when you, how it feels in the body, taking interest in sleepiness, interest in reluctance, what's happening in the skin, around the eyes, the throat, across the chest, anywhere, the viscera, the belly, breathing, Taking interest in it, how it is. Taking interest, it's like speaking to the body. How is, how is it feeling? How is that? Not asking it to be anything, but how just to connect how it is. Doing that, the body being acknowledged, being felt not being driven, not being seen as an object that you throw around, starts to wake up, starts to feed itself, starts to form itself. Breathing steadies, spine straightens, skin seems to come out of its puckered state. Breathing deepens, oh, looks like I'm waking up. Oh, what's, feels it good to stand up now? Yeah, feels good to walk around now. Oh, different way of operating. Just through really connecting, giving the choice. You start with how you are. But you speak to it. Speak to it not with words on a sheet, not with the, you speak to it in the way, the mystic way. You speak to it musically, you speak to it empathically, you speak to it heartfully. And you don't try and change it. All you want to know is to how to meet, how to speak to that. How to let it be known it's being addressed. See what happens play with it. 
And this is much more than just an intellectual game. So I keep emphasizing, reminding, practicing myself, exploring, guessing, having a hunch. Try this, what would that be like? Really dressing it in the body. In the body, in the body. <coughs> so, phrase used in the uh, Satipatthana. Body directly in the body. Not in my in idea of the body. Not in the normal way I might hold or shift or move the body. But body internally. Depth of its intelligence, its ability to... Uh, breathe, to experience subtle shifts, to find balance. To find wholeness. To be cohesive. So we're taking parts, any experience in the body is cut off, shut, closed, stale, or even overactive. Acknowledge that. And how does it feel in terms of the whole body? So we feel ourselves tight in the neck, experiencing the tightness in the neck, widening your attention to include the abdomen, the feet, the hands. You see the detail, you experience the detail with reference to the entirety. So you remind in the body there is a wholeness here. You don't have to be in that trapped space. You can, if you wish, you can come into fullness. The body will, in, will incline towards doing that. To get that message, you can begin to do this with your heart. You don't want to suffer. The heart doesn't want to suffer. It doesn't want to be contracted and dumped and overwhelmed, frightened and nervous. Why does it keep doing it? It's forgotten. It's lost confidence. It's lost access. And nothing that the self does can change that, really. Because our conditioned self is a result of the contraction. The result of the tension, the result of the nervousness, the result of the sense of separateness, which is a fundamental mark of self, with its uh, seeming 
independence, but it's fundamental anxiety and uh, dis-ease. There's nothing to rest in for self. And you can't, can't do it. What's a devotional sign? What's the devotional ethos? There is a wider, there is a larger, there is something beyond me, there is something bigger than me that does not look down on me, judge me, try to make me shape up, but receives and accepts as that. And I empty into that, I chant into that, I offer myself into that. That's, that's the devotional gesture. We don't know what it is. You know, you can use images and figures and that's useful as a way of catalyzing it. We really don't know what it is. If you knew what it was, it would just be another creation of self. We open into something that we intuit, intuitively reach out to, the wholeness, the deep empathy, the Buddha, wisdom, compassion, purity. And just being really careful with these words. Why often I chant it in Pali so I don't get strung out, stuck on concepts. Start to think of purity and I recognize how impure I am. Because of the way that the mind picks up, like that, you know. Think of Buddha, I think of somebody who's bigger than me. Or he doesn't like me very much. It's not good enough. Just as on the, just using the Pali, I find it's the music and the gestures that count. And the heart, and then beginning to sense how the body feels subtly under the skin with that possibility of offering of being received all of it
So we move into a standing form, do a little uh, exercises in that form. One of our primary exercises or inclinations is full, full connection. So full attention, full connection with no other motivation other than to fully receive and connect. It's not, it starts with that in all, all our practices. Yeah. And here now we're fully connecting, receiving the body from the soles of the feet the external form, how they are, how the body stands, how we know we're standing rather than sitting. So you get obvious external experiences, which is just like contact, feet on the floor, sense of, oh yeah, steady and balanced, floor is stable. Switching off what we don't need. So, if you've got something happening in your hands you don't need to have happening. Yeah. yeah. See if they want to loosen, open. <coughs> something happening in your face doesn't need to happen. Your forehead, you know, don't need to furrow or try hard to just make anything happen or perceive something subtle. Just, here we are. Mm-hmm. 
Let's begin at that very basic checking in with no, nothing more than just to really receive it all. It's a graduated process. Externally, you're here. Is your back here yet? Spine. Knees. <coughs> Something a little more internal is uh, does it feel balanced when you stand? Do you feel you're holding it, trying to hold it standing, or does it come into balance whereby? There isn't any balance, is the, the sense of not holding. You know, it comes into balance and it holds itself. Is that the case? Is anything holding that doesn't need to hold? Could we stand in a way whereby there's nothing, we don't have to hold ourselves in the shoulders? Yeah. In your face, sometimes we hold ourselves up with our eyebrows. Amazing. <laughs> You know, it doesn't. It can't do it. Personality is stuck up there, thinking it's holding everything together. Actually, that—that's the problem. Jaw. Sweeping down the body and holding in the uh, below the navel the lower abdomen, something kind of holding ourselves together, <coughs> loosen, sometimes I find it helpful just to just gently bob a little, keeping the feet connected to the ground, it's a signal to the body, that, hey, the signal is you can be, you can loosen up, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to fall apart. So noticing the space around and really feeling it as if you're rubbing towel, toweling yourself with your back, rubbing, rubbing yourself in, against the space behind you and the face in front of you. And uh, the sides of your body, so let your arms come away from the sides, feel you have some space between your arms and your chest. And how is that?
coming into balance. <coughs> so just remind you that uh, you know, sometimes you do hold a little as, you, as you're coming into balance, but the state of balance is one of no holding, because it's the uh, the body's one of the body's intelligences. It's the own intelligence is the ability to find and discern balance. It's not something you can't figure out with your head as an idea, but your body knows and orients towards that. So we can only do that if uh, we free it up to to do that. So we have to, that's why we first will release things, because it's from our, you know, more superimposed attitudes to the body, making it do something to first of all loosen that up so you let the body's intelligence move in rather than your ideas intelligence, your thought intelligence finding balance, what does it feel like? Stability, uh, freedom from pressure, stability that's not being held, which is rather lovely, freedom from pressure. That freedom from pressure and holding gives rise to a subtle sense of spaciousness. Openness. And within that, let's check it out, a sense of having a center, a midline, call it a midline. We intuit we sense having a, a centrality, like a, an axis. Maybe you can't exactly locate it, but it feels that it's not off to one side or the other side, it's central. And gradually all of your body <coughs> begins to know that. And connect to that sense of having a midline. As you stand sensing the, the midline as it comes into form, so again, this is something 
rather like balance you can't quite say oh it's that particular place because it it's operating the body's own terms rather than the visual sense of the body you know, this is my pelvis or whatever you know, the, the visual map we carry this is more a somatic map which is the sense of there's a uh, sense mm. of extension that's occupying some kind of space uh, it's um, got a certain tingle to it or subtle energy to it uh, it's whole it's not it's not bits and pieces it's a uh, a field rather than sections wholeness to it as strength groundedness and if I just deliberately play with that like you know turn lean to one side and lean to the other side I can oh yeah can sense how yeah, the body recognizes oh, that's a pull, that's shifting me out of balance, that's turning me over. And this is where the pressure stops, the pulling stops, the holding stops. It's this, and there's a centrality to that. You might say that's the that's the base line. <coughs> and other bodily experiences uh, are layered on top of that, or fluctuate through that, or move through that. Uh, places of heightened energy, tensions, uh, trembling, uh, discomforts, uh, spaciousness, all sorts of different uh, flows occur through that come through that and yet we keep referring back to the base, the midline and the wholeness and right at that in entrained to that midline is breathing You come into your midline, your centrality, breathe from there. Now, this is not a physical place specifically, though it may occupy, it may seem abdominal, it may be it starts there, this is very common. We're looking at, say, the body's internal experience of breathing. We feel it as swelling, and yet always returning to that same basis, never really leaving that basis. It's like it expands but from that basis of balance and it returns to it. It doesn't ever leave it. And that's part of the tremendous comfort and beauty of it, is that, that center isn't something that has to be held your, your energy flow can expand from that, doesn't get lost. It returns to it, 
it doesn't have to hold on. It flows out, it doesn't get lost. It returns to it, you don't have to hold on. So all of that uh, struggle, you know, to maintain the breathing with doing meditation, you know, my goodness, who's holding this job together? It's the wrong person, that's why it doesn't work. (laughs) Body holds it perfectly, effortlessly. And getting interested in that, the ending of the breathing, it calms down to this. You're like you're coming right back to baseline stillness, hovering there, sensing even at that place where your breathing seems to just fade and stop. You really sense the energy poised and then beginning to return causing the body to go through its movement its breath movement (coughs) and the uh, the movement is enjoyment movement is enjoyment breath has no duty doesn't do a job. So you find ourselves struggling, then say no 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 just uh, just relax that stop that check that come back to where the struggle stops come back to your feet come back to standing don't try too hard it's you you know it doesn't always come all nice and clear there are obstacles so we just come back to where we can feel hey this is just just this it does it by itself and then from there, however that place expresses itself, listen, listen. See what's happening. We'll come back to to that. I'd just like to in- encourage or you know, interest you in a, some movements which may help the body to remember itself. <coughs> it gets closed down, loses. But always there's a, a kind of you know humility about this. It's not I'm going to. You know, sort it, sort it out. But just uh, you know, tapping, giving signals, 
saying, would it, would it be good like this? This could happen too. How does this feel? And really bringing offerings to, to the body, how it will uh, increase its enjoyment. So, <coughs> begin with opening the feet. These martyred members who suffer incarceration in shoes <laughs> and uh, they just feel walked over, you know. <laughs> so the flexibility of the foot when it's in a shoe it tends to be trapped. So really take, taking our shoes off and uh, <coughs> feeling the toes flexing this, this consider the foot to be like a hand you know a hand on the end of your leg with with digits and a palm lovely receptive palm not just the flat pad that you stomp around on so really bringing your pulling your toes back to stretch that soul, yeah. pulling your toes back and then coming up onto your toes, lifting your heels. Yeah. So you feel the, the uh, flexibility and the, the strength of the toes and the foot, waking them up. Mm-hmm. body loosens it also begins to feel more like a unity rather than separate bits and pieces so as you notice we come out our toes and clearly the calves know that know what's happening and they strengthen and maybe you know some of your upper body you know that the body knows that and it feels a little tension because it doesn't want to fall over so you get some sense of gripping perhaps in your your abdomen. Okay, come down again. Make sure you release. After a while you can do it when the body gets more used to it. You can do it without that gripping in your upper body. Which is a sort of fear mechanism. So we have to understand the fear mechanism, play with it. of having to hold on, feel what happens, where that is, belly, and then come down, down into your legs, your feet, relaxing. So you you work against some of these very instinctive uh, bodily senses, deliberately generating, about to fall over, and then, okay, coming out of it. Look into you know when you've known how it gets switched on, you begin to know how you can switch it off. (coughs) (coughs) 
this is how the body will its, sent, its intelligence acts as a unity when something happens in the feet the upper body is aware of that what do I need to do and, and okay you don't need to do anything but uh, when you can the body intelligence feels the whole body and you, oh, you feel the bits that don't have to do anything they feel open and free and that's enjoyable (coughs) (coughs) and then meeting the space around us and again as we come into that sense moving you might probably by now it's not there for you but generally we move around, there's some sense of how we're going to knock something, going to hit something, so there's a little bit of, you know, holding back in the chest, or the fingers, I'm going to knock my fingers against the wall, or disturb somebody, you know, intrude on somebody's space, or something like that, and begin to say, okay, well, look, it's not happening, (laughs) so, freeing up, and uh, the signal is a very important one because so much of our retention, our attention comes from the imagined other in the space around us who's going to be annoyed by us, disturbed by us, do something weird <coughs> to us or take notes on us or something. <laughs> uh, well, what's it like when that's not there? Oh. So, let's do something more coordinated. (coughs) Coming onto your left leg, bend the left knee. So, so you feel all the weight of the body can be carried, and your left knee, your foot spreads onto the ground. You can lift your right leg, and a couple of seconds where you feel unsteady. And then, yeah, you know, there it is. Then onto the right leg, lifting the left leg. A little bit unsteady at first, then. Oh, yeah, there it is. If you bend your, your knee more fully, you'll have more strength because you'll have the two muscle systems operating rather than uh, just uh, straightness of the leg. So you engage thigh, calf, ankle, foot in holding that. More completely they hold. When you begin to get that and feel that, you can release the other leg and release your your belly, release your arm, your arms, your shoulders.
fingers, face. Then we come on to the other leg. Bend the knee. <coughs> Get the balance and the connection. Enjoy that feeling of freedom in a bodily sense. back into standing how much do you need to hold you know so again it's the encouragement that you're telling different systems in your body look you could just completely unplug that's really okay you know how much needs to be plugged in again okay. so now I'll turn it's coming onto the right the right leg bend the right knee Um, keeping your left heel on the ground pivot and pull your toes your left toes back so you stretch the sole of the foot and you stretch the calf so right bending the left knee the right leg is now empty put the heel on the ground Pull the toes back so the calf, the calf is stretched. There's a straight line running behind the leg. Pulling the toes back. Pivot. And just switch that pivot from one leg to the other. And uh, connecting to the upper body with that movement. Yeah. Feel and uh, the more fully, you, more fully you bend the knee, the more energy is in it. The more power goes into that particular move. If that feels enjoyable. standing again <coughs> as we've begun to feel uh, the body's begun to feel more comfortable in its space it's not holding back from the space around you and you just check it out uh, does your, do your shoulders know that does your throat know that that around you is unobtrusive non, uh, unobstructed free does it know that yet is anything having to be protected or held or withdrawn mm. 
and if that's the way it feels, that's the way it feels. But if it does feel that way, then perhaps we come to other parts of the body where it's partners, brothers and sisters, and say, yeah, we're having a good time. You can hang out there if you like, but we're okay. Why don't you join the rest of us? of um, again just looking at quite simple um, things this is uh, just a movement to or a gesture to uh, bring your head back on into your body so very often the head leaves the body somatically because uh, you, you see I see something it gets locked onto what you see the mind thinks of something, head locks on to what it's thinking about. <laughs> so, so it leaves the body behind. And we tend to be led by our heads. That sort of thing. Uh, we're relaxing the eyes, the face, forehead, and contemplating this entire zone from the forehead. If you can feel the top of your head, well and good. If you can't, you start with your forehead sweeping down across your face into the jaw and right under the jaw, the under under your mouth. It's under your chin, this area here. Your tongue can rest down in that area. And sweeping back to the back of the head. So you feel this entire, as much as you can, this rim between the, under the jaw, under the mouth, into the back of the head, this line here and then extending beyond down into the throat and the collar. A little bit of movement sometimes helps you to sense the connection between your cranium and your neck. Extend your awareness down your body into your right uh, shoulder, down into your fingers. So without losing, so without just focusing on your fingers, but try to feel your fingers as part of your hand, part of your arm connecting to your shoulder, your neck, up into your head. There's an entire band, if you see. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
And now we're going to move from the shoulder, move your right shoulder so start to acknowledge it can rotate, rotating shoulder, keeping the arm and the hand limp. And then sweep the shoulder, sweep with your shoulder so your hand comes up about face height. The swinging pendulum. And then let your hand rest at face height. And begin just a gentle pulling with your hand as if you're gently holding your holding your head with your hand. You can look into your hand if that helps. Realize you, as if your head cannot move by itself, it can only move in accordance with the hand and the shoulder. And slowly and see if you can stay loose in your neck. As your right hand goes as far as it, to the extremity of the right side, sweep your left hand up to meet it. Let the left hand take over. Gently drawing your head back. And the right hand comes up. So, holding your head. The signaling is your head is never dropped like someone's cradling your head and the other hand comes up to connect and take over your head is never dropped of being held and also a very smooth and connected feeling to that. You're not being tugged, your head is not being tugged by external sights or internal imperatives. Keeping that attention quite broad, but really seeing if you can sense this area roughly from the root of the tongue in back into the base of the skull, the cranium, the occiput, the pivot, the pivoting area, the real uh, uh, connection between this bow, box of bone and the column of the neck underneath it. And that be effortless 
carefully held. just also adding a little more to it, your fingers, your hand, your palm is the holder, holding it's the cradle and your fingers trail as they trail to the right, just really let that right hand flick out as if you're gently pulling tissues of tension or webs, cobwebs and flicking them away. Line again, and it becomes any clearer, particularly locating the place in the base of the skull. Widening, so it's not a pinpoint focus, but it's a focus that can flex, certainly include so it doesn't disconnect from the wholeness of the body. down your spine down into the sacrum and the tailbones and down into the ground last thing this morning is uh, keeping your hands connected to your body and they probably 
come much more into alignment now. But uh, again, a, a very a conventional conditioning is something and rushes out gets hold of it pulls it back pocket runs <laughs> around doing its thing and it has a, it's lost it's like a kid that's run away from the rest of the body <laughs> uh, you know, what we're going to do is, is again connect the hand to the body more fully so we begin with letting the hand really be loose coming to the shoulder operating the shoulder see if you can get those shoulders to go down nice smooth circles deepening circles lifting and back down again the uh, theme is enjoyment rather than exercise uh, uh, it's exploring the, the flexing of the shoulder quite an intelligent joint Drawing your spine in. Mm. Nice, intelligent joint. <coughs> now, with your, just using your shoulders, swing, swing the entire arm joint forward, let it fall. down your arm from your shoulder, let it flick the fingers. <coughs> your arms handing beside you and I imagine you have um, those rubber gloves that you use in kitchens, you know, on your fingers, but rubber gloves are rather too big, so that the, each finger joint is a, pe- is a rubber glove finger extending beyond the fingers' tips. Quite droopy. And then a little dog comes along and takes, takes hold of those fingertip glove, glove fingertips and starts to turn them. Yeah. And then two dogs, one in each, one for each hand. <laughs> get, uh, get imaginative. Turning and seeing, oh, that's how that turns. A little, not a very strong one, not a very strong dog. Yeah. Turning, just feeling what happens, hands, fingers, and then how your palm knows that, starts to stretch and open, the wrists the forearms, this tensile flow, forearms, upper arms, shoulders. And all the way back, turning, 
So it starts in your fingers and runs up to your shoulders. And see if you can start in your shoulders when you've done that full extension and begin to turn the other way. essentially feeling all the connections there between the fingertips, the wrist, forearms, the upper arm, the shoulders, feeling them flowing together, the energy running along them uh, in harmony, connected. And how much can be done and a felt sense that comes with that no longer feel so grabbing. Swinging your arms forward, uh, latch on with your fingers, pull the arms back. Arms forward, just flip your fingers over and then use the shoulders and the arms to draw the arms back. Turning to our uh, baseline, uh, empty standing position, feeling, tuning in, finding the balance. Sensing that without any particular holding is how your arms want to be in that when you're in that when you're in that balanced whole state. You probably find they don't they're not straight down by your sides. They're more curved. They tend to float a little, which is interesting, isn't it? They float if the hands float, let them form around a ball. Feeling the differences between the fingers and the palm, 
fingers are very much defining, they're the firm defining boundary draw and the palm is the receiving. So we define with the bony structure of the hand and then receiving, listening through the palms of the hands. listening can perhaps travel a little further into your body Let's just bring all that back so that your hands return, drawing back to the abdomen as if you're bringing everything back to center, to the midline, and to the breathing. In your own time, standing, in your standing, sitting, walking, as seems appropriate.